Hi again, everyone. We're glad to have you with us here on LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to Moving Up the Ladder. Now, today we're tackling effective management with our popular segment, Myth versus Reality. And to give us his insight into the truth and fiction of effective management, we have Joseph Luco on the phone. Now, Joseph is a consultant for ClearPoint Strategy, and he joins us now to discuss. Thanks for giving us some time today, Joseph. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. It's really great to be here with you. Now, as I mentioned, this is the myth versus reality segment. A lot of people like this because it's sort of quick hitting and it talks about a lot of the statements or phrases that people might hear. And we're looking at effective management for today. So it clearly hits on a lot of people and their jobs. So let's jump right into some of these statements. The first one I want to give you is the idea that high employee turnover is a sign of a poor team and manager. What are your thoughts? Ah, uh, yes, Tim. Yes, this is a total myth. It's a common one, but it's definitely a myth. And I'll explain why. So when you look at great managers, now they know that employee turnover can actually be an indicator of that manager, but the number itself doesn't really tell that whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, so so often many people are going to incorrectly say, we don't have any turnover, we're doing great. But it's important to know why people are staying, right? So is it because they cannot find other jobs or because they want to stay? You know, are the employees just content collecting a paycheck and not really interested in their job? Sure. You know, or maybe even they don't want to put the effort into finding a new job. So they might be kind of sticking with a devil they know instead of the devil they don't on the job market. Sure. And even a couple of years ago at the at the height of the recession, you know, I heard some organizations saying, We have a strong team, people are staying with the company. Well, yeah, I mean, during the recession, that was true of almost every team everywhere at every organization. Right. You know, where else where else was there to go? So few places were hiring. You know, on the other hand, or this, you know, sort of the flip side of the coin there, why are people leaving, right? Are they being promoted to other teams? Are they getting promotions or better jobs at other companies? Because those can actually be signs of a really great company culture and a great manager that hires really wonderful people and develops them. I think the reasons behind that number are more important than the number itself. And great managers know that, you know, the best organizations, best teams, they have they have good turnover. You know, good turnover can be a sign of a really healthy team and a really great manager. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes people who don't meet high standards, they have to be, they have to be let go. And, you know, the ones who excel, they need to be promoted and so they can stay at the organization and, and, and stay hungry. I think you broke that down really well as far as both sides of it, whether there is turnover or not. Um, I've even heard some managers and employers say that they prefer high turnover because it avoids sort of that group think and it keeps fresh ideas coming in. Do you subscribe to that at all? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And, you know, I even, you know, at a, at a conference, I uh, heard about a really great exercise that a facilitator had the group do. And, you know, the group was told that there was a, a director at the company who came to their managers and said, okay, make a list of all your employees. And then that hypothetical director said, unfortunately, we need to make several cuts. So which of these employees would you fight for and which of these employees would you not fight for? So, you know, everyone took a couple minutes, made their list, um, and then the facilitator brought the group back together. And on the very next slide, the presenter said, when you get back to your organization, give the employees you would not fight for a really generous severance package and begin looking to hire. Wow. I think that's that's pretty eye-opening. That is, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think employee turnover can be a sign of a, of a great team and a great manager. 
I think that's a cool exercise. I mean, obviously it doesn't necessarily work for everybody to be that direct, but I think that's at least something to think about for those that are listening and might be in sort of that mode of wondering who we should keep and uh, maybe who we should move on with. Well, let's go to our uh, our second statement here. Again, we're looking at it from uh, a manager's point of view, so being an effective manager. Your direct report's paycheck isn't enough to get their best work. Yeah, this one is absolute reality. I really like it. You know, sort of, if you look at the thinking 30 to 50 years ago, this probably would have been a myth, but mm. in the modern workplace, what we understand now, I think it's definitely a reality. Not to minimize the importance of a paycheck, of course, that clearly matters, and I don't think anyone would argue against that. Right. And I would even recommend you know, some type of bonus structure being placed for employees, you know, consider paying bonuses quarterly instead of annually mm. to make sure that you're giving timely feedback to employees and to tie those bonuses to the overall health of the firm. But, you know, once people have that decent standard of living you know, and their needs are being met, they're looking for other things from, from their career, like a sense of belonging, you know, maybe even a higher purpose than what they're doing. That's where we kind of get into the interesting discussion here and about how the, work, the workplace is changing. And we used to be very factory-based. You know, managers could definitely use right. carrots and sticks, so to speak, right, to tell people, you know, with more output, you're going to be rewarded, less output, you're going to be punished. But modern times, that that doesn't quite quite work. You know, a lot of organizations now are more like think tanks and factories, and you can't really use carrots and sticks with creativity and trying to foster new ideas. An author that, that we really enjoy, Dan Pink, has done a really great job in a lot of his works and talks, kind of pulling together different research from economists and social scientists on this subject to find out what really motivates people. And some of his work, he's ultimately found that People want to be recognized as a really valued team member mm-hmm. who makes significant contributions to the solutions. And I think that's, that's kind of an innate human desire to want to belong. Ultimately, he arrives at these three concepts, autonomy, mastery, and purpose, where if you're giving people autonomy, you know, they, have, they feel that they have direct control over their own lives and their work. With mastery, people feel like a drive to get better at something that really matters. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, with, with purpose, People feel a need to be part of something that's bigger than themselves. Employees that, that have these three traits or feel these things, um, they're full of sort of internal drive and they're doing the work for, for their own sake and they know how they fit into the larger organization's goals. And I think organizations with employees like that are going to be really, really successful. Do you think then that millennials get a little bit of a bad rap? Because it sounds like you're saying it's more of the change of the work environment versus necessarily, oh, it's these young kids who want different things or they're, they're not into the work ethic. Do you think they kind of get a bad rap with all this? Yeah, I think sometimes millennials do get a bad rap. Sometimes people are thinking that millennials want something right away. You know, they're not mm-hmm. patient. But I think sometimes that impatience can be something that can be good because it can push organizations forward. Sure. You know, if we look at an organization like Google that employs a lot of people in the millennial generation, Google instituted this concept of 20% time, right. where employees can use up to 20% of their time, kind of however they see fit. And employees use that time to kind of invent and explore and innovate all in an environment that really encourages that and has kind of found a way to channel that. And I mean, things like Gmail and Google News both came out of the employee 20% time at Google. Well, I think it's a good example and uh, obviously some good stuff for people to hear. And uh, hopefully it doesn't fall on deaf ears that there is a little bit of a changing dynamic when it comes to that. Let's go to the next myth or reality statement. This one we've seen a lot, heard a lot from different people. 
productivity and reaching goals are the leader's top priorities. What do you think about that one? Yes, I think this one is sort of a partial myth. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, a truly great manager, you know, knows this could be true, but there's an important caveat. It's not solely about productivity or, or getting things done or, or even reaching goals, right? I think great managers know it's about getting the right things done well. Hmm. So there are a few components there, right? The right things done well. And I think even great strategic managers are really good at understanding and even reflecting and accepting that some projects are just going to need to be left undone or even scrapped altogether right. if they don't fit in well with the focus goal of the organization. The top managers that know how to manage that, how to communicate that and kind of deal with the emotions and the pushback that can come from their teams when they have to sort of shift gears and move towards different projects. And sometimes you know, I hear teams say, well, we're really good at that. And that's great. But just because you're really good at something doesn't mean that it should be pursued or that it's important with the organization. Productivity, just for productivity's sake, that can be pretty inefficient. Mm-hmm. Even though crossing things off the to-do list might make us feel good, a really great manager has to step back and ask, you know, how are these things that we're, that we're completing contributing long-term to the strategy of our, of our organization? You know, a favorite quote of mine comes from, from John Wooden, you know, a legendary basketball coach at UCLA, won 10 national championships. And he used to say, never mistake activity for achievement. And I think that really sums up the point here really nicely, you know, about productivity. Quickly, Tim, I do want to address that part about, about reaching goals. Sure. Oftentimes in our, in our work, you know, we see organizations who use metrics and KPIs to, to measure their progress toward those goals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, great managers, they understand that it has to be more than about just hitting numerical targets. They understand that they don't get lost in that counting. So they keep their focus on the big picture. You know, they recognize that hitting a target doesn't mean anything if you're not achieving those ultimate goals. It's very well said. And uh, you mentioned John Wooden there. He definitely is a go-to for many quotes. Uh, I like a lot of his stuff as well. So I, I think you can't go wrong with emulating some of the stuff and uh, some of his ideas as well. But I think you, you put that very well as far as uh, productivity and goals. And especially as you talked about earlier, in a, a different market really than it was you know, 50, 100 years ago, that kind of thing. We're getting close to our time here. We have a couple more statements I want to get to. This one, I don't know how to take it, but that's why we have you on. You're the expert. A leader should determine what is important. Ah, uh, yeah, this is a good one. Uh, this is actually another partial myth that I think needs a little <laughs> bit of parsing. I would probably ask any manager out there to, to do a quick exercise, right? Take a couple minutes, make a list of every project your team is working on right now. You know, hopefully you have this somewhere so you're holding people accountable. But once you have that list complete, okay, take out your red pen, take that red pen and draw a line through all the projects that aren't important. It's pretty hard to do. And even, even good managers probably won't be able to cross out any projects from that list. But a really great manager recognizes that they need to decide where to focus. Mm-hmm. You know, every project your team is working on is quote unquote important, you know, to someone somewhere in, in some fashion. Right. But a great manager knows that some of these quote important projects need to be tabled so they can focus on the projects that are actually vital to the organization's strategy. As a manager, you, you operate with finite resources, right? You have limited budgets, you have limited staff, you have limited time. And the best managers out there, they're able to really maximize all those things to get the best results. They ask themselves, you know, what are those top 
short-term and long-term priorities, mm-hmm. and they triage their, triage their projects from there. To me, this kind of parsing this out reminds me a little bit of the, the Pixar movie, The Incredibles. Um, you know, really fun movie, by the way, about some cartoon superheroes. But in it, you know, the antagonist has a great line when he's talking about his evil plans to make everyone a superhero. And he says something on the lines of, everyone can be a superhero. And when everyone is super, no one will be. Right. I think that's a really great point, right? If everything is important, which I think is kind of an overused rule, uh, overused word, then, then nothing is nothing is a priority. The great managers know how to make that distinction. Sure. Yeah, it's definitely something I've heard plenty, uh, you know, throughout various industries, you know, everything's a priority right now or all the time. And uh, as you said, the, the leaders can figure out what's going to be best in that moment. Uh, I like I like how you express it as well, the short term and the long term. I think those are important areas to make sure you're you're looking into as well. So I think that's a, a good way to look at it. And I'm not going to give you a hard time for saying partial myth or partial reality, because a lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these, of course, are, you know, it's not black and white. It's going to be dependent on your situation. But the I think uh, some good explanation there. That's always what the listeners like to hear and some examples as well. So we do appreciate that. Let's get to our fifth and final statement. Um, it goes a little bit along those lines of you know projects and limited staff and uh, as well as what the manager is doing him or herself. And that's the idea that managers need to excel in delegation in order to succeed. How do you feel about that statement? Yeah, well, I can come down pretty black and white on this okay, one. Good. I think it's an absolute reality. It's so important for a manager to, to understand you know, how to keep their plate clear so they're able to focus on, on big picture stuff and actually managing the team. When you think about it, you know, managing a team really well takes a tremendous amount of time. And if the manager's head is always down, performing tasks that someone else could be doing, um, they're not focusing on managing or more specifically, they're not planning, they're not organized. You know, I think part of this is that managers need to understand the strengths and weaknesses of their team members. Uh, as well as to sort of have a pulse in everybody's workload. And, and that way, you're sure that, that you're delegating the correct projects to the correct employees and really, really maximizing impact. So often you see, especially new managers, you know, they're often high-performing employees who are promoted to a, to a management position. And I think sometimes you can have that tendency to, to hold on to projects or try to tackle them alone because it can be hard to let go, but it's no longer in your job description. You know, as a manager, your job description has changed. Right. You need to delegate. Uh, you need to also show your team that you have confidence in their abilities to execute on the project. If you, by doing this, you're able to groom your employees by working with them, by communicating, by giving feedback. And all that is really important in the career development of your employees too. You know, moreover, as a manager, you know, you can learn a lot from your employees, you know, so let them run with projects, you know, with your supervision and they might be able to show you a better way or a new approach. I think being a really great manager and the, the best ones out there are really masters of relationships and they've developed strong relationships and they establish trust and all this takes time. If you're not delegating and you're too busy to get to know your team, then you're, you're really missing out on a lot of collaboration opportunities and you're not building those relationships. And then that can lead to, you know, you kind of getting the reputation of being too busy for your team. So people might not ask important questions or bring up really important concerns or issues. And then if you seem too busy and unapproachable, you know, unfortunately, I think that can lead to one of the worst reputations a leader can have, and that's, mm. that's being out of touch. Sure. Come touching back on our discussion of autonomy, mastery, and purpose, you know, if you're not delegating, then it's really hard for employees to realize, to realize any of those things. Kind of sum up, you know, the manager's job is to plan, to organize, set the vision. And, you know, if you're too busy to do this, 
then, you know, you're going to find yourself kind of becoming even more busy as you're sort of running around to put out all the different fires that are just popping up each and every day. And stuff just isn't going to be getting done. So you know, to be a great manager, you really, you really have to delegate and there's really no way around it. Well, Joseph, some excellent stuff, uh, insights into the idea of effective management. I'm sure you know, we could talk for hours on it. That's why there are countless books and articles and podcasts like ours talking about this kind of stuff. But I think you gave uh, all the listeners some good pointers as far as being that effective manager, and hopefully we helped them out today. So, Joseph, thanks a lot for coming on the show again. Of course, Tim. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for inviting me in the air. That'll wrap things up for this segment of Myth versus Reality on Moving Up the Ladder with Joseph Luco, a consultant for ClearPoint Strategy, giving us some insight into effective management. If you want to give us feedback on this or any of our episodes, send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at the LJN, and you can find all of our shows on iTunes. Just search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.